together this morning. you this morning. We are so glad that you are here. Just imagine over 2,000 years ago on this very day, Adam looked at his wife and said, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> and we are so honored that we share Christmas Eve together with you here today. Just a couple of reminders. Kids, at the end of our service, we'd love for you to come see our nativity. It's out the exit by the organ, just a few steps down the hallway. There'll be a candy cane there for you. As you leave the sanctuary, be sure to return your little lights so that we'll have those for next services. And then remember that this week on Monday and Tuesday, our church facilities are closed. We'll be open again on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, but we will not have any activities on Wednesday night. We are so glad that you are here today. Let's pray together as we continue to celebrate the birth of our Savior. 
God, we're so grateful this morning that we join our hearts together. We join our voices together and we, we sing and we pray and we hear your word on this blessed Christmas Eve day. Thank you that you loved us so much that you gave us the gift of your son who was born for us, who lived for us, and who died for us. We celebrate this day and we commit our hearts to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Please open your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 14. That's John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Bow your heads, please. Father God, I just thank you for this wonderful uh, 
Christmas Eve that you've given us today. I pray that uh, as families are reunited and as we all come together as one, uh, I pray that we just remember what this season's all about, just the grace, the joy, the peace, and the kindness that your son has brought to this world. I pray that as we move forward today and tomorrow that we not get overloaded with stress of what to do, what to bring, what do I wear, and just truly be at peace and reflect on what you and your son have done for us. Can you me pray? Amen. reflection on Christ coming into the world. Let's sing Go Tell It on the Mountain this morning as Pastor's Pals come down. Wherever you are in this room, Pastor's Pals, this is your moment. So come on, go tell it on the mountain. <clears throat> we'll wait for you down here. Pastor Howie's coming. in those days, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David." To be taxed with Mary, his engaged wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people everywhere. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign unto you. You shall find that babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with that angel a heavenly host declaring God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came in a hurry and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known everywhere the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things told to them by the shepherds. And Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Let's pray. Oh God, a traditional story an old story, but just as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. For today we come and we lean into that good news of great joy, not just for some, but for everyone. In the name of Jesus, we rejoice. Amen. Oh, go
child is this this morning, and isn't he, as we continue to join our hearts in worship and praise of the one who has come for us because of the great love that he's had for us. What child is this?
Robbie just said, I could preach after that. <laughs> we'll never know, Robbie. <laughs> just a teenage girl, Mary, engaged to a man named Joseph, a carpenter from Nazareth who's much older than she. One day she's doing her chores as usual. And then suddenly, a stranger appears. Hell, favored one of God, the angel said. The Lord is with you. And that was the beginning, the beginning of the wonders. Did Gabriel's wings unfold in gleaming green and copper and purple and gold? Did they beat slowly, causing rainbows like a prism around the room? Did Mary feel a soft breeze across her face like a benediction? The Lord is with you, Mary, with you. You're the one with you. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son and call him Jesus. This can't be, said Mary. I, I have no husband. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The angel assured, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The child will be called Holy, the Son of God. Mary, don't you know, the angel said, with God, nothing is impossible. If you say yes, Mary, if you say yes, within your power is that of choosing conceive the child who chooses you. Mary answered, yes. Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord, the serve of the Lord. Let it be done according to your word. And then the spirit that moved across the face of the deep and created the heaven and the earth overshadowed Mary's flesh and created a child, a spirit and flesh named Jesus, which means God will save us from our sins. The miracle of God becoming flesh, humanity of God. Enter Joseph. The engagement to Mary was perhaps for him an oddity from the very beginning. He looked old enough to be her big brother on the days when he was really tired, maybe her father. Perhaps he expected, didn't expect she would ever say yes when he proposed, but she did. And he found a new spring in his step, and the old familiar aches and pains seemed to disappear around Mary. Maybe the neighbors chuckled at him. Hey, Joe, you're supposed to be building cradles, not robbing them, fella, they said. Luke tells us about Mary. Matthew focuses on Joseph. She was found with child. Matthew begins the story. Her talk of angels and the Holy Spirit was not reassuring to Joseph. He's a common man. He's not given to mystic visions or poetic flights. Miracles make no sense to a carpenter. You measure it, you cut it, you nail it. He could only expect the unfortunate obvious and perhaps he knew, I know he knew he could have her stoned and the baby would die with her. 
Instead, he decided to quietly dissolve the relationship. But at night, he lay in the bed in, in pain of body and pain of heart. As he fell asleep, God sent Joseph a dream. The angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary to wife. The child conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, Joe, and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It all seems so fragile to me now. The condition surrounding God becoming man, the salvation of all creation. God trusting his son's life and the world's salvation in the hands of humans. We need the trustful submission of a teenage girl, the bodily processes of gestation and birth, the trustful obedience of a man who had a dream. Nine months passed, and we return to the familiar cadence of Luke's story. And it came to pass and went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And then Luke's words had been memorized by every child in a two-bit church Christmas play. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, for there was no room for them in the inn. So Mary and Joseph find shelter in a shepherd's cave. The son of God born in a stable not a palace, not even a, not even a holiday inn, but a simple lean-to used to protect animals from the elements. The Son of God who would eventually become an itinerant, itinerant preaching rabbi who said he had no place to lay his head would first lay his head in a little manger, a rough feeding trough for animals, a makeshift crib on a makeshift night. Where you would have suspected angels in flight, it was nothing but flies. And where you would have expected the heads of state to show up, it was nothing but the heads of cattle who were there and a few barn mice. And thus in that little town of Bethlehem, that one silent night, the royal birth of God's son tiptoed quietly as the world slept. The little Lord Jesus, elongated head from the constricting journey, light skin as the pigment would take days, maybe even weeks to surface. The Son of God, the most holy one, tied to a peasant Jewish girl by an umbilical cord. The baby chokes. Joseph instinctively turns him over and pats his little back and clears his mouth. And he cries, you always wait for the cry. Joseph must have been tired from the journey and the birth. Mary completely exhausted, silent and full of wonder. Mary too ponders in her heart the gospel writers tell us and tries to make sense of what's happened to her. And together they stare in awe as all proud parents do at the baby Jesus whose eyelids grew heavy and began to close. It's been a long journey. And the little king, the little king is tired. 
So with barely a ripple of notice, God stepped into the warm lake of humanity without protocol and without pretense. The scene shifts to the countryside where the shepherds are keeping their flocks at night. Seen in Judaism as gypsies or thieves, Luke's shepherds are not the rosy-cheeked boys who sing tenor in the Christmas play with the fake beards and the papier-mâché crooks. They're not like that at all. They're more like the guys who have a, a week's worth of stubble on their face, who paint houses by the day and drink from bar to bar by night. They listened to Merle Haggard and never had heard of J.S. Bach. The King of kings and Lord of lords, and the first to witness it are the shepherds. They were frightened by the appearance of the angel. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, good news of great joy, which will be for all people everywhere. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the King. And if you're looking for a sign, he's a poor baby in hand-me-downs. It really doesn't have a crib, just a feeding trough. Luke tells us they ran all the way to Bethlehem, and they found the scene just as described. When they finally arrive, Mary is there, and Joseph, and the little Lord Jesus, all there, just as the angels had said. Time passes and flash forward to the next scene. Visitors from beyond the rising sun. Not only the smell of livestock like a, a state fair exhibit at the birth, but now we have the smell of frankincense and myrrh and the vision of flashing gold. Isn't that the most unusual story? If I were writing the story, he would not have been born in Bethlehem. He would have been born in Rome or Jerusalem, and it wouldn't have been an unknown teenage girl engaged to a carpenter. It would have been Caiaphas' daughter, the high priest's daughter, and it wouldn't have been a barn. It would have sure been a palace. You and I would have never scripted a nothing scene like what happened. When you visit the church in the nativity today, to get into the church, you have to bow low to enter the door. And then when you make it around to the cave, you have to bow even lower to go down, down, down to the grotto rock, traditionally thought to be the birth of Christ. Candles are lit in there so you can overcome the darkness. If you listen very closely, you can hear the voice of a young woman say, here, would you like to hold him? That God would bend so low that we could take him in our arms and, and we, the creation, could cradle our creator. That we might be touched by his holy light and follow it and bear it to the world. This is the wonder of all wonders we call Christmas. Are you ready for the baby Jesus? He's coming. Are you ready to let him shape your life? Are you ready to bend low to the Bethlehem baby? Are you ready? Let's pray. Oh God, it is tonight that we wait.
is the night that we celebrate not to just bust open packages to find Barbie dolls and board games or leaf blowers or lace. It's not even the family fellowship or the taste of turkey that we focus upon today. We sit on the edge of our seats. It is for you, O oh God, to put on skin, to die for us, that we might rise with you. Oh, come, little Lord Jesus. Come.
The stars are brightly shining, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn.
Christmas. Before we sing Silent Night and leave, we do have uh, Tommy and Ginger Tucker who called in this week to be part of our church family. I know that you'll join me in saying to the Tuckers, welcome to the family. Stand together and ignite your little lights and get ready to sing Silent Night.
Merry Christmas, everyone.